Hey friends, Amanda here. I just wanted to jump in before the show to talk about what's going on in Nashville this week. We had an F3 tornado rip through our city in the wee hours of Tuesday, March 3rd, and the damage in its wake has left us all with a pretty surreal feeling. We've had so many people reach out and I am grateful for your concern. My husband and I are okay, but unfortunately, many neighbors are not. Our friends at Community Resource Center are accepting donations to distribute at 218 Omohundro Place. They need trash bags, paper towels, work gloves, cleaning supplies in bleach, box cutters, personal hygiene items like soap, shampoo, toothbrush, toothpaste, and baby diapers. You can register to volunteer with Hands on Nashville at HON.org or consider donating financial resources online to the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee at CFMT.org. I hope the laughs in today's episode bring a little levity to a heavy situation. We love you guys. Now, on to the show. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Starting With a Song. I'm your host, Amanda Mazzo, and I am so glad you're joining us. Today's guest and I met as young professionals, both very early on in our careers. You may wonder what a CPA has to do with music, but he is here to change your mind. I hope you enjoy this conversation with my buddy, Chris Lee. Do you have any questions? Well, just really the music. You're like, what are we doing here? (laughs) (laughs) I'm mic'd up. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I don't even know how to start. I feel like we should just jump right in. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, if you're ready. Yeah, of course. Okay. So I'm thinking about when you and I first met. And of course, I think about the junior chamber, right? Right. When did you join? Because I was, I think I joined in like 2009-ish and I maybe you were a little bit after that or right around the same time. Right about the same time. Yeah. I was trying to place it. It might've been summer of nine, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think my earliest memory of you is maybe we did like a dine out for life dinner at Jackson's RIP. Not, RIP Jackson. I know oh, that yeah. whole area has changed so much. <laughs> It's a sad drive on Hillsboro, you know, it's just. It's totally different. And it's, yeah, I I actually haven't been down there. I used to be down there like every afternoon, you know, at Jackson's, cookie dough egg rolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to say, one of my other favorite memories of you was probably at Gala. There was a girl there standing and you were talking to her. Well, we were kind of all in a group and you were like, what do you look for in a guy? And she said, tall, dark and handsome. So you just started walking around on your tiptoes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember when that was. But I'm like, oh, I love Chris. I mean, why not? I don't think it worked. but Well, uh, I mean, you know, it wasn't meant to be. That's nah, fine. Absolutely. So tell me, because I feel like that's all I really know about you. I mean, we're friends, but tell me about like, are you from Nashville or where, you know, tell me about where you came from and so I've been how in, you got here. Well, I've been around Nashville. You know, I, I kind of, people ask it or so you're, are you Nashville native? And they're like, where did you go to high school? Oh, really? So that's that, the question. Or, or what, or what street did you live on? Stop. So I'm thinking. I'm not, I'm going to stop saying that I'm. No, I think you, I, I think mean, you I, mean, I, was, I, was born, I was born, I was born at Baptist, which if you know what Baptist hospital yeah, is, downtown. then I mean, yeah. it's not even they're like, Oh, St. Thomas Midtown. Well, Oh, come on. No, so no, it's Baptist, it's Baptist hospital. Because so. Jason, my husband is from Dixon. 
Okay. But he says he's a Nashville. I mean, that's his, that's as native as you can get. And that's People where, coming in. Yeah. And that's where, and that's where I grew up. I mean, Dixon just. Oh, outside, you grew up in Dixon? Just outside of Dixon. The, the place, the town, if it were to call it. Town, yeah. Was Tennessee City, which is like a suburb of Dixon. Does Jason know this? Jason's from Burns. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Our our family lived in Burns for a hot minute. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. I'm going to have to, when he comes in, I'll have to tell him that. That is so funny. You know who else is from that area? Um, Is it White Bluff? Mm -hmm. It's like right outside of it, our friend John. How about that? Did you not know that? Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. and, And the funny thing, John and I, I don't remember how this came up in conversation, but he dated... Jason's sister-in-law's cousin or sister is related somehow. And so we were like, that's real weird. Like you and I could be related in another life. <laughs> so bizarre. Small world. It's small world. My, my mom actually, yeah. she lives in, in White Bluff now. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. she lives out that way. Okay. And I mean, we grew up just outside of Dixon. That's funny. Uh, went to school at Middle Tennessee. Jason did too. And um, of course he's older than you, I'm sure. See, high school is at Cheatham County at Harpeth High School. Okay. So in Kingston Springs. Okay. So just oh, kind of like, like yeah. just pretty you much were a here. native. Pretty much. Yes. Here. We're going to chalk it up. Yeah. Nice. Um, I am not, but I'm claiming it (laughs) because Uh I was here before all the construction so I can like put down some ownership here. Um, No, I I moved here in 99 after high school for college at Belmont and then liked it so much I stayed. Oh, yeah. My parents are in Atlanta. 99. Well, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Happy to be grandfather day. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think oh if you, gosh. if you like before 2000, you're in. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> so in your childhood, do you have any early memories of music? Some country music. Okay. Like some, like some Garth Brooks, you know. Hey, we're, d- <laughs> what was that alter ego? You know what I'm talking about, right? Like he wore his hair. It was like black. And kind <laughs> yeah, of like but I can't, I can't think of like what it, what it was called. Um, Chris Gaines. Ah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia says it was a one-off fictional rock persona created as an alter ego for Garth Brooks wow. to explore musical styles far removed from his success as a country singer. There you That's go. So awesome. Chris Gaines. I know. Um, I don't know that that was a great marketing move on his part, but you know, no, uh, you do you Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So, so you got a, got a Garth Brooks slash Chris Gaines, uh, whichever mm-hmm. it was pretty much Garth. I don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, know, um, I can't even name a song. Yeah, right. Uh, and first concert with, uh, that I ever went to was with my dad and that was Garth Brooks. I'm oh. not, I'm sorry, not Garth Brooks, uh, Brooks and Dunn. Oh, that's awesome. Where was that? Over at the Starwood. Yes. Which, you know, R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> we say that a lot on here. <laughs> um, my friends, Jeff and Kristen, uh, were on earlier and it was a whole lot of that. We were talking about all the free parking that we used to have, like, on Demumbrian and in the Gulch and now, you know, what things are now. It's like a bunch of condos and right. some good restaurants, you know. Great restaurants, but yeah. if you can get, get in. to them all, or they get in, get to them all. They, <laughs> yeah. They're just so many. And no parking. But hey, come to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to have you. Our hospitality is great. I had a, I went through a country phase, I would say like in early high school, eighth grade, freshman year. 
didn't stick. Mm. But I mean, that was a great era for country music too. I think you mm. know, like um, Patty Loveless and. Um, I think Shania Twain was just coming out, but like Garth Brooks, like friends in low places. And it, it, that was a, that was a whole era for me. Musically was mm -hmm. country. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of, you know, listened to other things, uh, a lot of R and B hip hop, yeah. uh, but no, yeah, just kind of just faded away as high school kind of faded away. Agreed. Yeah. And that kind of happened in about the same time. Yeah. And it was more rock and, and, and hip hop. Tell me like your favorites, rock and hip hop. Oh. Or what draws you into them? The, the beats. Yeah, I know. I mean, I was, it's I, just, that's what I was thinking when I said that. I'm like, for sure. Just kind of get caught in the beat. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of Beck. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other day, um, just mindlessly scrolling like you do on Instagram and a friend of mine had, um, you know how now in the Instagram stories you can add music mm -hmm. and she had put in hell yes from Beck. And I'm like, oh, it's been so long since I've heard that album and I love it. Um, what was that? Wero? Yeah. G-U-E-R-O. Guero. Guero. You know, that means um, in Spanish, it means like blondie or like blonde person okay yeah i know <laughs> i know you learn something new every day i'm telling you that for sure i know that because there's a restaurant in part of Vallarta. i'm going to say not really a restaurant like cafe called mariscos el huero or i'm not saying that correctly but the owner his wife was blonde like an american woman and so he named mariscos is like seafood like fish and they okay. have the best smoked marlin empanadas you will ever have hmm. anyway so some Beck and then yeah. some, some Beastie Boys. Yeah, that was, okay. That was, uh, was that Hello Nasty? That was. Uh, yes, that was around that same time too. Mm -hmm. Did those mark a certain time for you or do you just like them or? Uh, oh, yes, they do. Uh, senior high school, mm -hmm. freshman, sophomore college. Okay. Kind of that era. Um, when did you graduate high school? 2001. Okay. So right after me. Yeah. And I mean, it was. I mean, I've just, I've loved music just in general. Yeah. Um, and in high school was in marching band, was in concert band, was played. They let me play in the jazz band, even though I played the tuba. <laughs> what? So, so yeah. So they, uh, yeah. So I played this, I played the sousaphone in. Uh, what? Mm -hmm. Now, how do you learn to play something like that? Do you wake up one day and go, I am passionate about the sousaphone. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, it's because I wasn't that good at the trombone, I think. That's the best I can figure was that I wasn't good at the trombone. I mean, I was I was mediocre. But even I was, I, was, I was okay. But even how do you wake up and say, I mean, I guess I guess you must have just heard something and you're like, man, brass, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Well, yes, it started there. Yeah. It started there. And I think it was probably the trumpet, though I never really had the chops for the trumpet. So I never really. I mean, you need some insane breath control. Couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> you know, and so the, so the trombone was a little, was a lot more manageable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and it's kind of like a deeper sound, which mm -hmm. is really cool to me. So um, played the trombone in 
middle school and and in the marching band or oh that was like concert band in middle school that's okay (laughs) (laughs) uh but stuck with it and then in high school was in the was in the marching band that's so cool so i would play um switched over to tuba sophomore year i think okay so but it was a matter of we have like eight trombone players and no tuba players and it's like we need to have a tuba player so could you would you consider and the switch over is I thought it was one. I mean it pretty was pretty seamless or I mean I guess brass is kind of the same. So but so, so a trombone has a slide. Right. So and the tuba, you're carrying this massive But it's valves, which which kind of brings it back to like a tr- Oh, like a trumpet. Like a trumpet. Oh. So it has it has something new. So the so the tuba has valves, like three three valves. Some of them have what's called a flutter valve, which which allows you to uh, change octaves easier. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, that's whichever actually wasn't that bad, uh, because it was already some of how you hold your, uh, your mouth in terms of playing the instrument was similar. Yeah. Um, had to kind of relearn what the, um, chord progressions were from a, a valve standpoint versus a slide. Sure. But it was pretty, it was, it was shockingly transferable and, and was able to move from being a mediocre trombone player to a pretty decent tuba player. Uh, tried out for uh, mid state and. Oh my gosh. I didn't make it, but I was, I was like one away from being an alternate. I was like, I, I, I pretty good. Uh, worked on my scales. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to work on my scales. So hey, I, was I like, feel you. I was like, okay. Oh my gosh. Um, I played piano when I would like, since I was three and I'm kicking myself now. Cause I'm like, do you know how amazing it would be if you just practice your scales like and kept with it? So do you still play tuba? Oh no. I, I, although uh, they're kind of expensive. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, they'd have this thing at, <clears throat> at the, um, Green Hills mall called the tuba Christmas. What? Yeah. So I don't, how have I not heard about that? <laughs> Tell me about the tuba Christmas. So a bunch of, it's a volunteer thing. You show up and low brass, baritone, trombone, tuba. You just like roll up with your instrument. Roll up with your instrument and play some Christmas songs at the Green Hills Mall. How do they know that you know what you're doing? Can you just. (laughs) There's no audition. You just roll up. You just roll up and go. Okay. So next year at the tuba Christmas, if I can put my hands on Tuba, you're telling me I can take it into the Green Hills Mall. I mean, and no. try and try to make a joyful noise. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> go for it. That's I, amazing. I uh, that's one of the few things I do miss about it because yeah. I I mean I I played at the Tuba Christmas all through high school and and even even freshman year of college at MTSU. So I marched it with MTSU freshman year. And, okay. Cause I was like, this is, this is great. I'm going to yeah. do this fun elective. And it was, it was enough to where, okay, and maybe, you know, maybe I'm going to go ahead and quote retire <laughs> here. <laughs> Just play for fun. <clears throat> Just play for fun. Yeah. Um, but then like not having a tuba, it's mm-hmm. kind of a, kind of a roadblock to being able to continue to, right. to play though. Maybe one day I'll get one, get my chops back and play the tuba Christmas. There you go. I am looking forward to that day. <laughs> So can we talk about the, well, and let me back up when 
I was thinking about people to ask to join me here. I think there are obvious choices of people that work in the music industry or that, you know, are musicians or whatever. But then I, you know, everybody has had music affect them some way. And you, sir, are or have been a competitive dancer. Yes. Can we talk about that? Well, certainly. And that's actually, <laughs> um, that was for me in a way, it was just another way to connect with music. Yeah. You know? so and it, tell me about like when you got started with that. Cause I, honestly, I mean, I don't even think I knew. And then one day you and I are friends on all the socials mm -hmm. and I was like, Chris is a competitive dancer. What is this? How did, so how did you get started in that? Oh gosh, a girl. <laughs> um, not, not unlike, not unlike the tippy toe story that oh, I love it. So I was, um, kind of going through some transformative time period in, in my life and realized that I really needed to make some substantial changes and mm. just, I didn't like the direction my life was going. Um, and I couldn't really find the root that's um, hard. It, it is. It is hard. Yeah. Um, when you know things need to be different, yep. but you don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. I started small and part of it was weight. I need to be more active. Mm -hmm. So I started going on walks at a um, place I was living at in Murfreesboro after work. Great greenways over there. Well, it was, it was even simpler than that. It was uh, taking Google map and seeing how far it was to walk a mile in a neighborhood. Huh. Like from my doorstep. Yeah. I'm not going to go anywhere. To, I'm just going to. You don't even have to get in the car. You just, just start walking. On, yeah. Just throw yeah. on some shorts, head out the door. How far is it? A mile yeah. away. Okay. Well, I'm going to walk to whatever the corner of such and such, turn around and come back. And that's two miles. Yeah. Um, And it's a walk. It's manageable. Yeah. You know, it's nothing too, nothing too strenuous. So I had this little path that I had kind of mapped out and, um, and I would do that, I don't know, four or five days of, uh, out of the week, most most days. Yeah. And one particular evening was a little bit later. I'm on this path and there's this woman, she has her headphones in and she's kind of doing these lunches down the sidewalk. It's like the strangest <laughs> thing. A calcinics. Yes. And I'm like, all right. So she's just lunging it out here on okay. the you know, eight o'clock at night. And I don't know, I felt brave, I guess. And it was like, you know, nice Nice lunges or some something, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know what I what I said, but uh, we started a conversation. And, yeah, uh, she invited me to this dance studio where she teaches. What? And so I said, okay, sure. It was actually right beside the gym that I was trying to learn how to exercise. Yeah. And so I knew where I knew where she she taught. Yeah. And I told her I'd go and check it out. I didn't go. <laughs> And I was like, dances, dances for, dances for girls. I don't, I don't, I'm not dancing. Are you kidding me? Yeah, whatever. About the same place a month, maybe six weeks later uh -huh. on this walk, just another walk, another day. <gasps> and she comes down the street in her car and stops the car in the middle of the road, rolls the window down. Oh my gosh. And, she recognized you. And she recognized me and said, Hey, you stood me up. <gasps> Chris. Oh my gosh. So she calls me out and, you know, like, oh, okay, you got me. That's fair. Mm -hmm. I, I deserve that. And now you got to go. And now I got to go. Yeah. So I went and I will never forget how I, what it made me feel like seeing these people move 
with such fluidity and such mm-hmm. just grace and it control. almost looks like they're floating. Yeah. I mean, even just seeing like some of the videos and stuff that you posted, I'm like, how are they doing that? It looks like you're floating on the floor yeah. because you're just not even, it doesn't even look awkward. You're just like in this, you're just so in sync with the other person. Right. Yeah. That's really cool. You have control over your own body, but you're also moving in, in synchronization with, yeah. with your partner. And mm-hmm. it's just, it was, it was captivating. Yeah. And I was like, I want now I have to ask, were there dudes there? There were. See? Yeah. Okay. There that's were. really interesting. There were dudes. Yeah. Um, a matter of fact, one of the dudes had, he, he danced this foxtrot across the floor and it's this whole thing where you're kind of floating. Yeah. That's what he was doing. And I'm like, oh, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. I want to be able to do that. Yeah. I want to be able to move that way. Yeah. And they had some, some, uh, adult beverages there. So <laughs> it made it, it a little bit easier. Made it a little bit easier. It wasn't as, as uh, high, high tension, high stress. Mm-hmm. You know? They call it social lubricant, social lubricant, yeah. you know, and I, you know, take the nerves off. And, yeah. Um, so I danced over there for a little bit. And then there's this event called um, big band dance in Nashville. Okay. In the uh, Centennial park. Okay. This is like a series, right? And people can come. Summer series, right. Yeah, like with picnics Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I did that one year and I remember loving it. Of course, the weather is just always iffy, you know, (laughs) you get really hot in the summer. But I remember that being a lot of fun and a ton of people are out there. A ton of people. And you don't even have to really dance if you don't. No, we just sat and had, we just sat and watched. I mean, we had a picnic, really. Like we were just, it was, I mean, this was years ago, but it was like a big group of us and we just brought some food and hung out and listened to the music and watched the dancing. Yeah. So my former, my former, uh, boss, he would, he told me about it cause I was telling him about, Hey, I'm doing this dancing thing in Murfreesboro yeah. and I'm thinking, okay, well I've kind of learned a thing or two here. Yeah. I'm going to go check it out. Okay. And I was surprised at how quick the instructions seemed to be moving and, and the things that I thought that I had a grasp of. I'm oh, like, gosh. I'm like, wow, did I, wow, this is moving a lot faster than, than I, than, than <laughs> right. the studio. Step one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe this isn't, maybe, you know, there's more layers to this onion than, mm-hmm. than I thought. Well, they were giving away a free lesson at the park if you wanted to try to learn more. And I, and I was just thinking, well, it's in Nashville, but if I could learn quicker, maybe I could work it in after work or make it. Oh, so like a free lesson at their studio. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. So that was kind of their, their thing was, you know, come on dance. We'll teach you a few moves. Oh, by the way, if you want a free lesson, here's where we are. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn more within five minutes, I'm like, this is where I need to be. Oh my gosh. So I need, like, I need to change my dance instructor, teacher person. I need to be learning at this studio from this person. Yeah. Within like five minutes of like the free 45 minute thing, I'm, I'm learning so much so quickly. Was the girl sad? <laughs> <laughs> the other studio you just oh, pieced out? <laughs> well, well, they, well, there was a contract and we had to kind of get around that a little oh, bit. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, there are no tears from me. <laughs> sorry, 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 not sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay, so you end up at this new studio. End up you in a new love studio, it. love it. And uh, then they have this thing called a showcase where you do a partner dance for basically friends, family at the studio. Yeah. 
So it's like a, it's like, like a little recital or like, something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A recital. So, so it's a dance recital and um, a little bit of pressure, but not too much. It's yeah. still friends and family. Well, I work up a waltz with my instructor for this recital and loved it. Good for you. Absolutely. It was terrifying, but I loved it. Like the, the just the rush on the floor. Yeah. And just being in the moment, mm-hmm. like in that moment, not not any kind of fear or people looking at me or not. I don't, I'm just in this moment and I'm going to enjoy this moment. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. And that's amazing. And I kind of fed off of that and continued to learn different, different uh, dance styles and ended up going to um, this competition in Boston as a, as a, as a spectator. Just, just okay. Just just to check it out. Just to check it out. It was, um, a trip that it was kind of like, I'm going to go to Boston and I'm going to go to the stance thing. Mm-hmm. While never, you're there. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I've never been to Boston. So I'm Red Sox game, Navy Yard. Cool. And this ballroom thing. Uh, ballroom and country. So they kind of had a split and I've never really, I had never seen like a country competition before. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this is, this is different. I like it. And then I learned how to, uh, I learned how to two-step while I was up there oh like, and really just fall in love with, with country dancing while I was up there. Yeah. Brought that, brought that back home to my instructor. And the next thing I know we're, we're working on these country dances. Oh, by the way, Nashville dance classic is coming up in nine or 10 months. Do you <gasps> want to give it a shot? What? So I said, okay. And we did. And, uh, you know, then we competed and then did a few more regionals and then worlds was in San Francisco that year. So we flew out there and competed at an and internet, you know, people from other countries coming yeah. in and competing and uh, at these different dance styles. Oh, and, that's wild. And yeah, <laughs> it's kind of cool because the, the world, they, um, they have an elevated stage. So you, okay. so you walk out on this elevated stage and then you walk down to the dance floor. Oh, yeah. so it's kind of like a, I guess it comes it's in, a staircase. in the middle. Well, no, there's a like like a like a like a stage in the back, and then there's like a staircase that you walk down. Oh, they announce you at the top, and then you walk down. To, you are being presented. You're being presented. Oh my gosh! <laughs> From Nashville, Tennessee, yada yada yada. Wow. <laughs> yep. I do not have much experience with dance at all. I mean, other than what you would do like as a kid, you know, ballet, tap, whatever. But I don't know if you being from Tennessee, if this is far enough south for there to be cotillion. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've heard of them. Yeah. Well, I have not only heard of them, I experienced it and taught it. Oh, what? So <laughs> <laughs> this is, I had a friend in, I went to school with her in middle school and high school and her mother was a cotillion teacher. And for us being high school kids, we were just looking for like part-time jobs or what, not, not really even part-time, just like little gigs here and there to get some money. And myself and some other people that we were hanging out with at the time, we'd all gone through it. And so she recruited us and she's like, come be my assistants, you know? And so we would go in, I mean, I think these were maybe once a week or I don't think it was once a month. It feels like it was more 
um, often than that. But then at the very end, instead of like a recital or something, it was like a big party. I mean, the girls are wearing the white gloves Mm -hmm. and they're in their dresses and the black patent shoes and the the boys are in their suits. And um, the girls are sitting there and the guys are coming up and saying, may I have this dance? And they're they're getting up and they're learning um, Foxtrot Waltz, Mm -hmm. maybe cha-cha i just remember that being like a one two three but that's all that's all i know yeah Yeah. that sounds about right cha-cha-cha southern culture yes oh my gosh so like are i mean are you still dancing are you still so i competed for two years okay or two seasons i guess okay um so 17 and 18 were the the competition years yeah and then the business really started to take off it's tough to balance didn't had a hard time finding any kind of balance Mm -hmm. um so I didn't really do much dancing last year. Mm-hmm. You know, still, you know, still love my instructor, that, the whole studio. We could not really find time, make time, right, to keep that going. And I don't know if I'll ever go back to competing, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'll ever stop dancing. Yeah, just something, something to have for fun. It's just so much fun. Yeah, I love this time in life. Now I have friends now that are turn about to turn four. I'm about to turn forty. But dreading that number or even, and then I even have friends that are turning 30, like coming into their 30s and dreading that number. And I'm like, 30s were the best. (laughs) The 30s were the best. So I'm super pumped for 40. But one of the things that I love about this time is that you just kind of, the the feelings that you have, I mean, I don't know, I'm assuming everybody feels the way that I do about this. But I mean, there's a period of time, I think in your 20s, especially where you really care what people think. Um, You care what people think about the activities that you choose to, you know, do in your spare time or, I mean, even what you're wearing and the thirties for me, I was like, "Mm, I don't care anymore. I mean, life is too short. And so like, if I enjoy it, even if everybody thinks it's weird, I'm going to, I'm going to really lean into that. I mean, I think for a long time, that's why I didn't do art because I thought, well, and then this was another aspect too. It's like, anything I create isn't as good as what someone else may be creating. And so it kept me from doing that, but um, now I just don't care. So that's wonderful, (laughs) but you have to just kind of let that down and lean into, you know, be your own kind of weirdo, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And and it's interesting that you, that you shared that because I kind of had a similar experience in, in my twenties where I was very much concerned about what other people thought about me, my, Mm. what I was doing, um, I think that's probably more common than we think, you know? Mm-hmm. And then over time, I mean, yeah, I still kind of care sometimes. Yeah. You know, it is still relevant, but a whole, whole lot less. Yeah. A whole, whole lot less. <laughs> yeah. And, and really it's, it's freeing. Oh, 100%. I think too, maybe owning your own business, you know, I, we, we work for ourselves as well. And I think there's, Part of that in work too. It's like, well, there's a better CPA out there, like more experienced or like there's a better artist or whatever. And then at some point you have to go, no, <laughs> I'm an expert in my field and people are coming to me for my expertise. And so I need to shed whatever feeling this is that's telling me I'm not good enough or comparing me to other people because that's a lie. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and just kind of let your gifts shine through a hundred percent. That's a really hard lesson. I think it's one that we may, I have Mm -hmm. had to relearn over time. Oh, for sure. 
uh, that it's like not one of those lessons where, okay, I got it. Check. Right. On, I'm, I'm good. I'm I can good. move on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it comes up in dinner, different iterations. I think mm-hmm. as you get older, it just comes up in different ways. Yeah. Am yeah. I, am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? Uh-huh. So, um, the next part to this, and you and I talked about this a little bit before we got started, the whole starting with a song aspect. Has there ever been a time where you have faced the unknown, where you haven't known what's coming around the corner and you're stuck in that liminal space of not knowing you're in between the no longer and the not yet? And if so, (laughs) if there has been a point where you've been stuck in that space for a little bit, waiting on new information or something to happen, how did you get through that, that time? Well, there's really two well, definitive times that I can look at that were kind of like, I'm not, I'm not going here. I'm not going to be here anymore, mm-hmm. but I'm not really where I, I see the final destination being. And actually this reminds me of what we just talked about with you going, I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to, I, I don't want my life to continue in this direction. I've got to pivot. And that was really the, the, the catalyst, mm-hmm. you know, and without that, Nothing that that's transpired since would have would have really happened or mm-hmm. could have possibly come to fruition without any kind of evaluating my foundations mm-hmm. and what are what do I accept and believe as truths mm-hmm. about the world around me and about myself. Yeah, and and taking a look at those and slowly redefining and then and then abruptly and in, in some cases redefining what that should be mm-hmm. and just changing that paradigm of, of what I'm willing to accept and what I should let go of. Yep. And if, if I'm letting go of something, what, what should I, what should I cling to? Yeah. We were just talking about making those decisions and, and it being freeing when you, when you choose to let go of some of those things. And what I'm hearing from you now, it's, I just keep thinking like, that's a hard line in the sand, you know, mm-hmm. I, how did you, come to that conclusion? Like, was it, was it a series of thoughts over time or was it just like a light bulb moment? (laughs) It's interesting. You you said that these milestones in age, Mm -hmm. 30s, 40s, I remember my 30th birthday and I'd kind of had this uneasy feeling about how things were kind of going in my life Mm -hmm. and just that I needed to make a change, but I didn't know where to start and just kind of felt just unmoored. Like I couldn't, it was just kind of, I was drifting and I had no, no real sense of, of direction. But at 30, like on my birthday, I remember sitting in my room and just thinking, just being really, really depressed, Mm -hmm. just really just down and trying to figure out how to get through this. And, and what is it that I'm so depressed about? What am I so down about? Why? Why? Mm-hmm. And it really was that moment that was, and it was a matter of well, how long, how long do you want to, how long do you want to be around anymore? How long do you want to live like this? Mm-hmm. What are you striving after? What, why and why? I am just going to jump in here because I'm so happy for you that you had that time you know, nobody really likes to sit in their feelings. (laughs) It's hard. It is hard. I was telling a friend of mine the other day about this analogy that I saw. Um, It's a girl, she's holding her problem in her hand, but it's in the form of a seed. 
and she buries it because she just doesn't want to deal with it. Well, years later, the seed grows into a tree. So it's almost like these, these issues and like things about yourself or that maybe that circumstances that have happened to you, you're going to need to deal with them one way or another. Hmm. And so it sucks at the time to sit in it and ask yourself those types of questions like, okay, you're not invincible. <laughs> like you really just need to, let's get down to brass tacks and mm-hmm. figure out what is going on. What, what is the game plan from here on out? But it, I find in my limited experience, I find that it's so much more beneficial than just avoiding it and then letting it fester and grow and whatever it's going to do. And then dealing with it, you know, 20 years down the line. So that was my way of commending you for <laughs> for addressing your feelings and sitting in them for a little bit. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and part of it was really sped up by the fact of uh, grandfather was in home hospice mm. around the same time. Mm-hmm. So that was a visual and a constant yes. reminder. And that's tough. That, hey, we're finite. Right. Right. That was going on externally. And I was already having these internal mm-hmm. feelings and they just kind of met mm-hmm. about the same time, right at about, you know, right at 30. Yeah. And then it was a matter of how, how can I make changes that I can stick to, mm-hmm. to I don't know, reinvent myself in a way. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think, yes, I agree with you. But for what I heard you say earlier, it's almost like not changing yourself so much, but just returning to who you were. And the things that you, you, you said your foundation, yeah, you know, yeah. so it was like a kind of a weird homecoming in a way. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's really a better way of, of, of saying it is just kind of returning to your true self mm-hmm. and kind of shedding some of the world's expectations. Mm-hmm. Yes. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big one. And yeah. Returning to authenticity. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and that means looking at yourself in the mirror too mm-hmm. and being authentic with yourself. That's probably the worst person that you could, that well, you could deceive. We are our own worst critics, Certainly. you know? So that is super hard, I think, but what a valuable lesson to learn and time to go through. It was, I mean, it, and, um, you know, that was music, I guess, was impactful in that sense. You know, there were songs that I'd listen to on my walks. You oh, know? And, yeah. And um, what kind of music did you listen to? So two types. One was like, like praise and worship music. Okay. Because for me, it was a very spiritual event. Um, well, you had done a lot of soul searching, it sounds like, too. It was, yeah. it was a very, it was a homecoming in that regard, too. Mm-hmm. Returning to who who I who I was and, and, and who I was created to be, because mm-hmm. uh, I had drifted very far from that. And part of that was just connecting back to God through music. And, mm-hmm. then, and then that time alone with him on those walks, mm-hmm. you know, and that was totally cross-grained from my immediate environment and there was one song i forget the artist it was called fight song um who was that rachel platten maybe that i remember listening to that that song was kind of this um, is my fight song. yeah, yeah. Is that what you're talking about? yeah yeah so that was yeah. that was i don't know it just kind of just yeah, inspired you up. it just kind of pumped me up because mm-hmm. i was like you know i can i can do this mm-hmm. i can do this right and that's what it really was about was mm-hmm. Slow, steady progress Mm -hmm. and that you didn't get, you didn't get to where you are overnight. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to leave here overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to, it's going to be a process. It's going to take time. I love that you set a goal of like, just go to the, that street or that sign or whatever and come back. 
I'm reminded of there's an author, James Clear. He wrote the book Atomic Habits. And that's what he says. He I heard a podcast with him and he was like, if you say you want to go to the gym, you want that practice of going to the gym and working out, you know, however many times a week, pack your stuff, go to the gym and come home and like start there, like just get in the habit of getting up and going but you don't have to set yourself to like, I'm going to push this, this many reps or like this many, I don't have to hold myself to anything. I just got to go. And just show up. Just show up. But then once you're there, you know that like, you're going to go in and walk a little bit or you're going to go like ride a bike or something mm-hmm. and just move. So I think that that is probably a great place to start. Just, I'm going to go to the stop sign down here. That's exactly how it was. Yeah. And it's a mile. And those walks turned into jogs. Yeah. And then those jogs turned into a 5k. Yeah. Cause you're building, you're putting down different foundations to build upon. That's cool. Right. Yeah. And that's what it was all about was just, Oh, I did this. Oh, I kind of feel like I want to take, I don't know. I remember the, I remember the day it was the walk turned to, I want to jog to that cross street. That's cool. And I've got the energy to do it. Yeah, My shins don't hurt anymore. I feel like I, I have a little, little more energy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just, I'm going to just try to jog to the, to the cross street. Ah, man, a little victories like that. I struggle sometimes with remembering them. And, and it's important to document those. I think somehow, whether it's writing them down or whatever you would see and remember most. Some people get tattoos. Um, <laughs> a little less know. permanent. <laughs> Same. I'm like, <laughs> I might have a whole sleep. Um, I think, it, but it's important with anything just to remember what has happened in the past and maybe let that propel you to keep going in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Has there been anything that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about? No. It's okay. No. Yeah, Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think we're good too. Yeah. But I do have one last question. For sure. Okay. Because the show is called Starting With a Song, give me the top three-ish songs on the soundtrack of your life. Wow. (laughs) No, I know. Um, You know, like the song, the song, The Dance, Garth Brooks. Yeah. That's, that's probably one of them. Okay. A song, I guess, a song that would just be able to ascribe the ability to to persevere, mm. to endure, mm-hmm. to stand, mm-hmm. um, but not just in my own ability, um, and not even through my own ability. Often, if not the entire time, um, through the grace of God, mm. uh, to be able to endure. And there's so many songs in that in that space to to choose one. What was it? Um, Overcomer. I think that that's. Is that Mandisa? I think so. She <laughs> I think is so. a powerhouse. I, oh my goodness. So that would be in there. So, Good. Uh, so I guess, yeah, I mean, it, it's so difficult because I've been all over the map from a musical standpoint. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I can just appreciate the power and sound and the power in even the lyrics are a way to mm-hmm. affirm or maybe even elicit behavior mm-hmm. that you may want or already actively participating. Yes. Gosh, I love talking to everybody about this because even though musical tastes may be different, songs that they say may be different. Everybody kind of says that same thing. It's it's just neat to hear everybody's Everybody's take on something that will, I feel like it's the thread that draws us all together, you know, Absolutely. In, a, in a way. So, because yeah, you could have different tastes, different totally. genres, but it's that, 
it's the way it makes you feel mm-hmm. and the way the way it can it can change your mind which can change the change the world around yeah. you because it changes you and then by extension it ripples into the world that that surrounds you so in that yeah, sense butterfly effect butterfly effect you know yeah. all through all through the power of of spoken word and sound that's right good note to end on i appreciate your time it's my pleasure thank Thanks, you for having chris. me What's something you didn't think you would do today? I didn't think I would say the word sousaphone twice, let alone once, but here we are. Be open to opportunities, my friends. Thanks again for spending some time with us today. You make today better. If you liked what you heard, you can connect with me on Instagram at Artistic Amanda, and you can subscribe to Starting With A Song wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all I've got for today, friends. We'll see you back here in two weeks with episode six on March 18th.